You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Rua Space Podcast, where we help you make space for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in your everyday life. I'm Phil. And I'm Erin. And we are continuing to explore a little bit of our journey with you this week and beginning to dig a little bit into what happens when everything appears to be going wrong or really is actually going yeah. wrong. And you know, we started to get into this a little bit last week, but we want to go a little bit more into our real story with this, what we've experienced, especially mm-hmm. in this most recent decision to once again, move leave our jobs, leave family and friends, move across the country to a place that we know a little bit, but you know, we haven't lived there before and kind of what's happened along the way. And hopefully in there, challenge and encourage you a little bit in your own journey, whether it's major changes or even just small daily decisions. Absolutely. So when we made the decision to go for it, we had daydreamed, we had tried to be discerning. We had prayed. We had talked to some other people about what it might look like, the implications. And we had now decided, yes, we're going to do this. And at first things seemed really good. We got our house up on the market and it sold super fast, like unexpectedly quickly for what we were selling. Yeah. Like we were thinking it could take three months to a year (laughs) potentially. I mean, three months I think would have been awesome. And we got a couple offers in the first two weeks and we're like, wow. Okay. Is this God like smiling on us or what? Cause gee, is this working out great? (laughs) And then we're like, well, since our house is under contract, we better start looking at houses where we're going to go. And we had this whole plan that for us was perfect, how this was going to work. We were going to take a vacation trip down. We were going to spend a week looking at homes. We'd get to be really picky about what we want because, you know, we had learned some lessons being homeowners now a little bit for what we did and didn't want. And it was, we were super excited. So we got on the phone with our realtor and we're talking to her and we're like, well, okay, here's, here's kind of our plan. Here's our time. And she's like, I think that sounds great. And then we're like, but there is this one house that looks really cool. Do you want to just go check it out for us and we can think about it? And those of you who are familiar with this post-pandemic housing market are going to start laughing at us (laughs) because um, you may know exactly where this is going, but she went to check out the house. It seemed like a perfect fit. It had everything that was on our list of wants. It did not have the things we did not want. We were super excited. So we put in a really good offer and it like above the asking price, they like did not get back to us. And it turns out we had unwillingly unwittingly entered this huge bidding war. And while we had the best offer, we did not have the cash offer. And so we didn't get it. And it was devastating because everything up till that point had worked out so beautifully. We thought for sure we're in God's grace. Everything's yeah. working. That's we hadn't seen houses like that up to this point. This oh one finally goodness. had everything finally in our price range and the was, location we wanted. It was, just, it was just like a dream come true. And we felt so sure we would get the house and our offer would be ex- accepted because up till now everything had gone so well that obviously this is the right thing to do. And now things are working so well, of course this will work well too. And then it didn't work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And 
Um, I know there's a lot of people who can relate who have tried to buy houses in this current market. It's, it's insane, I think would be the most uh, generous word for it. And we were left reeling thinking, well, we, we knew this was right. It seemed right to us and to the Holy Spirit. So when what you're going to do literally didn't work, what <laughs> gives, like, what are we supposed to do? And in that instance, it meant dusting ourselves off, have, in my case, having a real good cry about it, and then going back and, and looking at what else there was. What are our other options? Long story short, we ended up buying a house sight unseen. I mean, our realtor saw it, but we just we well, just showed us it. video and stuff. Yeah, we did. I mean, virtual walkthroughs, which aren't quite the same, but um, <laughs> you know, it's the best we could do in this market. And it seemed crazy, but we we're also like, well, that's the only way that seems logical in this market. I don't know how else to make this work. And it was a really good lesson, I think, in how what we set out to do, our perfect plan ended up not working. It failed us. We couldn't get down there and do a vacation house hunting trip because the houses were going so fast. There either was something on the market or there wasn't. And if there is, you either got it or you were among the dozen who didn't. So, so it, was a, it was, let's just say it was an emotional roller coaster. Even the house that we did end up getting, you know, when we put our offer in, they came back and said, we're canceling everybody's contract. We're re-asking for your, what was it? Highest and best, I think was the word. Yeah. And we'll let you know in 24 hours. And we just thought, oh gosh, like, here we go again. If, if this is what God wants, shouldn't this all work? And when we look back, we've seen in our lives in other instances with the children that we've lost, we've seen it with work things not going the way we expected. Just because you're in line with God's will and all of that, I don't even know if that's the right way to put it, but just because you're stepping out and doing the right things doesn't necessarily mean everything's going to work out for you or work easily or work exactly the way you want it. Well, even after we did finally get that second house, you know, the process was really quite crazy. Nightmarish. I mean, yeah, <laughs> we missed closing because of our lender hiring an appraiser who just refused to do the appraisal. So the deadline came and went, they were changing things last minute, really terrible interest rate costing us a ton of money. It was all of a sudden starting to feel like it couldn't or shouldn't happen. And then of course, thankfully a new lender came in and the seller agreed to push closing and it all worked out. But again, after missing the one house, then finally getting another house. And by this time, the market really moving beyond what would be that affordable for us. We almost lost that house, which in our minds would have nearly spelled the end of the plan working how we wanted it to. Now again, yeah. God can open doors, all those things. If that had happened, it would have just been another part of the story, right? But it, it worked. But yeah. throughout the process, it just felt like, like I think one of the ways I described it at one point is that, you know, I think in Greek mythology, there's the, the guy who has to push the rock up the hill eternally, right? Oh, and then it just mm -hmm. rolls back down. And, he's got, and it's like, you know, I just felt like that was me. I felt like we were just constantly pushing it uphill. We, you know, throughout all these episodes, we shared how clear this, this, journey felt like it, it we were being invited into these steps and how difficult it was 
And some people it could look messy. at that. And, right. And some people could say, oh, it. It well, that's messy. that's God saying it's not the right journey. And, you know, there's a time and place for all those discussions. But even in the midst, we knew it was the right thing. But as you said, it was messy and it was difficult. And I think that's just kind of part of how things often go in our world. And it was disheartening for me mostly because I, I don't think I've really explored that narrative before of what if I am doing the right things and things don't go easily or don't go well. Right. It's, I mean, we had come across that someone, we lost the two babies, but that, that was kind of a whole different setup. You know, that was more something happening to me. Whereas this felt like I'm trying to intentionally be obedient and now it felt like the whole world in some, in some moments was against me. Like everybody was conspiring not to make this happen. And I had two helpful conversations during that time. At least they were helpful to me. One was one of my very close friends who had like in a previous episode, I had said, she's one of those rare people who sees my soul and understands where we are in our spiritual journey. And at one point she said, you know, Aaron, I don't bring this up a lot. I don't, I, I don't take this lightly, but she said, there is a scriptural basis for spiritual warfare. And there is evidence in scripture of God wanting something, right? Like there's that story where he sends an angel to go and minister. And then that angel gets caught up in the spiritual battle and, and is delayed. Yeah. Yeah. And the person on earth is left wondering, well, God, why haven't you heard me? What's going on? I'm trying to be obedient here. And yet I've been thwarted. And like, where is your victory? And when the angel finally gets there, he's like, so sorry, I'm late. Like, <laughs> didn't well, mean yeah, to just, be he right. He reaffirms that God heard his prayer from the first day and that there exactly. And I, I'm not, um, I mean, you guys know us, you've been listening to this podcast long enough. We aren't we aren't the ones who jump to spiritual warfare first and foremost as explanations, but it was a reminder to me that there are things that are outside of our control. And that doesn't always mean they're outside of God's control either. There just might be other forces or other things at play bigger than we can comprehend. Right. And sometimes I think those things that we're not comprehending are God protecting us. I think there's times when we are walking in obedience and what we see as the path forward might not be actually quite right, but because we're walking in obedience, God's able to direct us. And sometimes we're directed by things changing in front of us. And it makes it clear, oh, not that way, friend, like, let's go this way instead. I think sometimes it's not of God. But there are other forces that are out to keep us from doing what God has asked us and keep us from being obedient or discourage us enough to get us to stop even trying. There's, there's lots of things that can happen. And of course, what's so hard is after she said that, we were still in a tough circumstance. It didn't change anything. But what it allowed me to do is surrender it to God differently, hmm. where instead of pleading Oh, hold on. Sorry. My computer got a phone call. Um, so instead of, instead of praying prayers of desperate pleas to God, 
and prayers of don't you remember me, which definitely came out of my mouth. I think her reminder gave me the perspective to remember to pray to God as I knew God to be. And that's where our our 40 days of praying the names of God with Yin really came in practically for me in my life. What I started doing is I started journaling, God, you are a God who provides. Surely in this obedience, you will not forget to provide for us. God, you are a God who is merciful. As a merciful God, you will not forget my family, right? I started in instead of begging God and saying, God, please let this happen. Please let this happen. Please work this out. I started to reassure myself by praying, God, you are Alpha and Omega. There is nothing bigger than you. You can make this work. God, you are the healer and you can heal these troubled circumstances, right? Like there were praying the names of God gave me a, a, I think a healthier way to handle the chaos while I was in the midst of it. Yeah. I mean, bringing it to God, God invites us to bring whatever we're experiencing into the presence of the father, son, and Holy spirit. And so I think Mm -hmm. that's a really great practice. And I just wanted to say as well that, you know, you tossed out, you know, a few different reasons or understandings for Mm -hmm. why something was happening or the experience it was going through. And I think there's many, right? So I think on the one hand you label, it could be spiritual warfare on another hand, there's the idea that we don't have as big of a perspective. And so mm-hmm. perhaps God is really sort of working more than we might even see to help guide us to a different space. I mean, I know looking mm-hmm. back at my own work history, that's true. Things I applied for that I thought were right and I wanted and I didn't get. And looking back with a different perspective, seeing that where I ended up was much better than what would have happened had I got it, what I, have I got what I wanted at that mm-hmm. time. And then I think there's another sense in which, you know, kind of along the spiritual warfare line, you know, we also live in a messed up world and things go bad. And to always jump to that was God's will, God is protecting you for something greater can also be wrong. You know, sort mm-hmm. of, as you mentioned, losing losing the kids, when people say, oh, well, God wanted them in heaven or there was something better, you know, it's like, that's a horrible answer. And I just don't think it's true. I think in those moments, the answer is simply that God is present with us in the suffering and grief, that it's not mm-hmm. God's will, that what happened isn't really what God desires, but it is a painful world And in those moments, our hope and our peace comes from the fact that God is with us, that Jesus has experienced it, that yes, the tomb is empty, but in the moment, we are invited really just to feel the grief. Now, even with that said, I do think a passage like Romans 8, 28 comes into play, that we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Now, a way that we often misunderstand a verse like this is to say all things are now good. So what happened to you in and of itself is good because God caused it or is using it. And I think that's to misunderstand it. Really bad things can happen. When our friends in Malawi have their entire crop wiped out, it's not a good thing. But larger term, God can work together all things for good. Mm -hmm. But that does not mean we're not going to suffer and grieve Mm -hmm. and experience pain Mm -hmm. in the meantime. And A fourth option, which we need to be really careful of using is, have we in some sense become like Jonah, right? So there's something like Job, where it's, it's this, this 
book of the Bible, however you want to see it as a thought experiment, as a literal event, whatever it is, where truly this man hasn't really done anything and bad things are happening. But then you have someone like Jonah who actually was walking away from God. And so he gets swallowed by a fish in order to bring him back. And so there's many different ways to see the difficulties we may be walking through. And I think it requires wisdom and patience and listening to really maybe get at the heart of what is going on here. But underneath it all, I think the foundational truth is that God is with you in it. Even in the belly of the whale or the fish, not the whale necessarily, the fish, God was with Jonah, right? So we know that whether it's spiritual warfare or just something really horrific or God guiding us to something better, or maybe God is inviting us to repent, we know in all of it, God is with us, invites us to bring it to him. And so in this walk, I think that's what we are just, you know, those are just a few examples of some of the craziness that's happened in our journey of what's what's going on. And I'm sure there'll be more hiccups and difficulties and challenges along the way. But I think like you hit it, straight on the head was an invitation to return to God, to the names of God, to trust in God, to keep walking faithfully, to not lose sight of that ultimate truth and to bring what we're feeling into God's presence. Right. And I can't say enough. We just need to remember that following God doesn't mean everything is always going to be peachy. It's not always going to be hunky-dory. It's not always going to be beautiful. Don't let people in your life see you struggle. Because some of, I mean, right? Like us not getting the house, that was a very visible struggle because all of a sudden people would be like, so where are you going to? We're like, well, we don't know right now. (laughs) Like, that's a a good question. Um, You know, and... Well, finish that sentence. Don't let them see you struggle and... Oh, sorry. Don't let them... <laughs> I know there was more there. <laughs> I just wanted to leave everyone hanging. No, just yeah. kidding. I, I totally started rabbit trailing there. Thank you. Don't let them see you struggle and then use it to as a way to persuade you to stop your path of obedience. Mm. That's what I wanted to say. Our culture is uncomfortable with struggling. I mean, even look at our movies, right? The movies... American movies tend to, I'm sure you guys can all come up with outliers for me. They tend to have happy endings. They tend to resolve everything in the end. They tend to not leave you feeling uncomfortable when all is said and done. Our books are the same way. If you read authors or watch films from other cultures, there are other cultures where you finish the novel and like the British authors come to mind, you finish the novel And you're like, are you for real? Like, (laughs) they just left me hanging because there's that tension. So our culture isn't one that celebrates or gets excited about coming across or coming against those hurdles or having a struggle. That's, That's not really something we seek after. But consequently, then in our churches and in our spiritual life, I think we've accidentally inherited this idea that if you are in obedience with God's will, everything is going to be good and beautiful and easy. Like I gave my life to Jesus and now look at how Jesus takes care of me. But there are people who have given their life to Jesus and they still struggle with cancer or they still struggle with an addiction or they, they end up losing their job. Right. And we're so quick to dismiss it as you must have done something wrong 
because it makes us more comfortable and secure. Well, I'm not doing something wrong. So God's going to keep smiling on me. And I guess why I wanted to even share all of this in the first place is just as a, a reminder that that's just not biblical. There is no biblical narrative of God only smiling on the obedient and only putting disaster on the disobedient. In fact, there's passages in scripture that say God sends rain on the good and the wicked, right? There's good things happen to all kinds of people and bad things happen to all kinds of people. So don't use that as a litmus test for your faith and your spiritual journey. Instead, use it as an opportunity to seek after God, to seek God's voice, to, if you're feeling super lost, like there were moments where I was feeling beyond lost. We had decided to uproot our family and now I wasn't even sure where we were going to go and what was in store for us. In those moments, go before God, journal and claim the promises of each name of God. God, you are a healer. God, you are a protector, whatever it is that you need to be reminded of and make it personal. Say, you are this. I know you can handle this, whatever it is you're going through. Use, use those struggles, the strife, the difficulties as chances to lean into and draw closer to God. And just don't even listen to the people who are going to come to you. And they will, because they've come to Phil and I in all those circumstances. The people who are going to come to you and say, well, this must be a sign that God doesn't love you right now, or that God's against you right now, or that you have a lesson to learn. No, friends, if you are loving on God with your whole heart, if you're seeking after God, that's what matters. And the other stuff, it happens to the good people and the bad people. And when we can accept that, I think our spiritual journey and our faith and our hearts, everything can grow a huge step forward. Sounds like Cooper gave you a big amen there as well. He did. <laughs> <laughs> well, friends, we are grateful for you kind of spending a little bit of time with us on this journey. We hope that when you find yourself um, stumbling a little bit on the journey or um, finding a lot of headwinds or that things aren't all going well, that you can return to God, return to the story that is being written, return to prayer, to community, and put into practice some some of the things that we've talked about in this episode. Now, if you did enjoy this episode and you've been blessed by Rua Space, we would highly encourage you to check out the links below to Patreon, where just for a few dollars a month, you can support the ministry and gain access to some really cool, exclusive content, more podcasts, live events, written blog articles, all of these types of things, as well as our Rua Space memberships, where we offer Christian yoga and guided practices to help you continue making space for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in your everyday life. So thank you again, friends, for being here. And we look forward to next time. Until then, grace and peace be with you. Mm -hmm.